regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. And as every week, my name is Steve Hogarty, the host and leader of the pack. He went the leader of the pack. That song was about me. Yes, wow, I crashed wow. my motorcycle <laughs> into the in, down down at the old diner. Down, yeah, what happened down to the, the old bull and bush? I think the <laughs> diner fell into a sinkhole, and so when they went yeah. to get a, a malt milkshake, the leader of the pack mm. just went straight down that big old salty bee hole. Malty salty bee hole. <laughs> Malty salty bee hole. <laughs> he went the leader at the pack. <laughs> <laughs> is that even how the song goes? What I think so, about? yeah. But I remember it making the sound. Then. Yeah, I remember it making the sound of a motorbike. But I remember yeah. it as wow, wow, meow, meow. That's right. <laughs> this is the podcast that's exactly the same every week, and the voices that you're hearing mm. are the voices of Joe Scrabbles over there. Introduce yourself, Joe. Hi, I'm over here, and over there is John Log Blythe. Speak I'm now. I'm John Log Blythe. I'm John Log Blythe. I will speak now and forever hold my peace. You bloody won't. I fucking will. You. Oh, you've got me again, you piece of shit. <laughs> Absolutely. What features? What, what features? 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 Uh, please. I've noticed a little something on a big television show that I want repeated in every other show there is, because I enjoyed it quite as much as I did. And I've just discovered poo is public domain, and I'm going to roll around in it. There's a beautiful three-way synergy between all of our features, Mm -hmm. and they are features, Joe. They are features. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Let's leave it to the reader to discuss after the episode in which you do a fart and say it's a feature. <laughs> I have a feature and it is a fart. There's <laughs> a difference. I'm Gandalf and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> Regular feature. Log, how's it going? Fuck. You've, you've yeah. got the coronavirus. Sorry, I'm doxing your coronavirus status. No, it's all right. It's the first thing I did was tweet it rather than actually telling anyone I the worked The NHS. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm very, very low symptoms, boy. I'm happy to report that I don't have any feelings that this is going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And if it is still working on destroying me on the inside, it's doing it in a subtle way that I can only respect. That's kind. I don't want to cause any sort of difficulties for the health service, but I had my booster two days ago, and the effects of my booster were so much worse than having COVID that I regret having it, and I don't (laughs) think anyone should get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the official regular features line as, do not get your booster. It makes you feel really rotten. It's horrible for a day. And so no one should have it, okay? Yeah. For one day. This is satire. It's satire. We're allowed to do that. Don't put me in jail, Joe Biden, with your mandates. (laughs) Well, welcome to the fold log. Even if you are a low symptom boy, um, I I think you are just as rightful a member of the COVID crew, the regular features COVID crew. We now outnumber the non-COVID boys. I just feel like I got... COVID at the very peak of its popularity, which is kind of like getting into pulp for different class. 
Oh. I mean, like, I didn't even get on the Delta his and hers bandwagon. It's like, ah, it's just, I don't know, just, I've let myself down. I could have been cooler. I could have been there at the beginning with the albums no one listened to, like right. Freaks and It. Terrible, terrible albums that really killed you. It's like when, at the height of uh, the Pokemon Snap craze, when he met someone in a bush and Hampstead Heath, and you were like, oh, how long have you been playing Pokemon for? Did you ever play Pokemon Red? It's like, no, no, I've never played a Pokemon game in my life. And you're like, oh, these bloody Pokemon Snap players. <laughs> they are the Omicron of Pokemon fans. I don't... Look, this is just for the benefit of the readers. I thought you that was going to be... Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go. Okay. Yeah, I did. Just Pokemon making Go. sure I don't want. Look, all I could see in your future, Steve, yes. was a yep. hundred Discord messages telling us that we didn't correct you. I about meant Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go and not Pokemon Snap. You know what it is, Joe? It's the COVID brain fog. Oh, it's the COVID yeah. brain fog. You know it. Log knows it. We Log know it intimately. It. I we was the brain fog, baby. I was too busy waiting for the. I'm not here to catch Pokemon Go's. I'm here to have gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> joke but no <laughs> that's why i didn't draw you up on that one and i've actually been doing that since the 80s so <laughs> well i'm glad you're feeling okay lug and um and coronavirus isn't rotting you from the inside and you're not a husk that isn't entirely controlled by coronavirus you're going to open your mouth and you're just going to like fall to the ground like Obi-Wan Kenobi having been sliced oh, by a lightsaber. <laughs> and you're pure, you're pure coronavirus. COVID spores fly out of my mouth and <laughs> swamp you. Could still happen. Like, like cartoon woodworms and you are the chair. Speaking of spores flying into my mouth, uh, I just want to make everyone <laughs> listening to this, reading this podcast aware that beforehand there was a bit where Steve couldn't see me and Log couldn't see me. And we weren't recording. <laughs> Something was wrong with Teams. you can explain this. <laughs> and Steve said that before he started a new Teams chat, just to make sure that I could be seen, he said, but before I do that, I just want to give you this special message. And he turned around and farted directly into his microphone. And it made me come back on the screen. <laughs> I reappeared like it fixed teams. He blasted data from his anus into your internet connection. It's, it's like snow crash, like an air, like a like a language based virus. Farts can fix teams. It's incredible. Farts can fix teams. I said, you should work in HR. Farts can fix teams. Yeah, it's, I'm, yeah I'm still reeling from that. That was. Honestly, mesmerizing. The, when I turned around and your face was on the screen. <laughs> the look on Steve's face when it happened, it was like he'd seen God. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> well, you know, like at the end of the first Matrix film when Neo realizes he can control Peter <laughs> with his brain. Yeah. I felt like that. I felt like, wow, what else am I capable of? Then Reese came in the room and you jumped headlong into him and took him over and walked him about a bit. <laughs> <laughs> It was awful to watch, but it was very impressive. Yeah, we're still sort of reeling from that, I think. That's the, the energy that we're coming into this podcast is one of... Miracles. We've seen a miracle. Not knowing what's going to happen if you fart again. <laughs> we'll That's just it. swap windows in the chat or something. <laughs> Gav know. just appears. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> I, was, I was with my parents. <laughs> regular features, regular features. What is the feature coming next? Let us see. Have either of you watched The White Lotus? 
Nope. I have. Okay. Log, I'm going to spoil an element of the finale for you and by association all the readers, but I will explain why it's fine that I'm doing that because it was spoiled for me and I actually think that it improved my experience of watching The White Lotus. So, I only knew... Actually, Log, what do you know about The White Lotus? I know nothing at all. I'm thinking it's probably like The Black Swan. It's not, but... It, Hold on, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of log. One second. <laughs> <laughs> that work? What happened? Oh, oh my god, there's two logs now. <laughs> my, They're having wait, a fight. They're kissing. Why have my hue lights gone purple? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. That was maybe a low point for the podcast. I can't believe Steve, you don't have a feature this week, and you farted into a microphone instead. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. No, that's yeah, fine. Sorry, readers. No, it's worth uh, it. Sorry, sorry to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Log. I only knew two things about the White Lotus going in, which is number one. And actually, I'll say this: if you're really bothered about knowing nothing about the White Lotus, you should skip forward some minutes. I don't know how many minutes it's going to be. Just turn it off. But it's fine. We'll put the really long Star Trek jingle in so that you'll. If you're skipping forward 30 seconds at a time, you'll catch it. What, now? <laughs> Not now. Oh, the end afterwards. Of your feature. Right, cool. Um, I knew two things about the White Lotus going in. Number one, it was about a hotel where rich people go. That's, okay. that's the basis. Is it supernatural? No. Because the only way you could make a, a rich people hotel interesting to me is by adding ghosts. Well... Log, let me counter that assertion by telling you the second thing I knew about the White Lotus, which is that yeah. in the final episode, someone, and I didn't know who, does a huge shit on screen. <laughs> right? On Those what? are literally the only two things I knew. You say like, on screen. You mean, it's obviously you see, you it see it falling out. it out of their ass. Mm. Okay. Like, there we go. I knew that would get you into it. But is it like... Not on the camera, though. It's on camera. But uh, not on to the camera. Not on to the camera. Oh, not on to the camera, no. It's on camera, not on to camera. You're right. You don't see it coming out of the arse hole. You see it coming out of the arse cheeks. Yes, it's it's in silhouette from Mm. in profile. This is is becoming (laughs) less majestic. It is majestic. Come on. Like a a sophisticated puppet show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, it's like puppetry of the penis, but for the arsehole. Uh, so I knew that, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything else about it. And genuinely, I, I this isn't just for the that, podcast. That isn't it, a twist, is it? It's not like it's not a the twist. Episodes, everyone's no. going like, I'm glad no one shits on camera <laughs> on this show. But <laughs> on, <laughs> honestly, knowing it was coming made the finale so much better because I knew specifically it's in the finale. And it's not like there's five episodes before where one character is going, oh, oh, busted. I, can't, I can't hold it in, like, Jeff. <laughs> there's no reason to ever know that someone's going to do a huge shit on screen um, <laughs> for the entire series. How is and it so, for you? How did you find that out? Someone just said it on a podcast I was listening to. They were like, oh, in the finale, there was this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I spent the entire episode wondering who was going to do the shit, why they were going to do the shit, (laughs) where they were going to do the shit, what kind of shit it would be. 
it was, and I obviously I've scripted this, but I'm pretty happy with it. It became a turd of mystery. It was amazing. <laughs> Who did this shit? <laughs> and during that episode, I genuinely guessed at least three different possible shitters. There were moments where I was like, this is going to be the shit. And I got, and there were, I don't know, brown herrings, would you call them, throughout the episode? <laughs> oh God, Joe. <laughs> it was an, I, I hadn't scripted that one, so I'm even happier. It was an absolute roller coaster. White Lotus begins with a murder, mm. and the, the series is you trying to figure out or guessing who might have done this murder. Mm. But your brain was in a, an entirely different place. I didn't care day. about the murder at all. <laughs> I just knew the shit was coming the whole way through. So basically, it got me thinking, <clears throat> if I've had so much fun with this, there should be a tradition of having someone do a massive shit on screen in the final episode of all TV series. You, and then everyone could sit there and they'd know, well, it's the finale tonight. So not only do I get to see how this <laughs> epochal TV series that I loved is going to wrap up, but I also get to guess who the shit is going to be. Like, and, then, and it can be watch, anyone. And yeah. start really bowling your Googlies. They'll be like, someone will stand up, do a little squat, and then they'll be just picking up a pen and then they'll yeah, go back to their just, chair. Yeah, and it could be really disguised. It could be like... <laughs> like the only thing that comes to mind, you know, the series Inside Number Nine. In every episode, they hide a little statue of a hare. It's basically that. You could just hide the shitter in the background of one of the shots in the finale of every TV series ever made. Oh my God, if Stanley was still alive, it could have been Stanley having a shit in every Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. He could have been on the toilet going, like, Hey, Spider Man, I got a dump now. Stop you, you doing this. Always. You're my favourite Spider-Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, basically, to prove my point, I have added a shit to three famous TV finales, and I will describe those finales to you, and maybe you will you can guess who was going to do it. Mm. But don't say it out loud, because it's not part of the actual feature. So we just be quiet and listen to you describe Please. someone? Please. Yeah. Okay, great. You never Finale scripts, one. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't trust us to do it. I trust you to do it. I don't trust me to write it, Locke. It's a different <laughs> thing. Finale one. The finale to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Uncle Phil stands in the centre of his empty living room. Will Smith walks in. A lot of good times in this house, huh? Says Will. A lifetime's worth, says Uncle Phil. Will talks with sadness about how he began his time in the house as a relative, but now he feels like family, and he doesn't want to lose that. He tells Uncle Phil that he loves him, and that he doesn't want to lose him, and that he wants to call him on Sundays like he will with his other children. Uncle Phil tells him that Will is his son. I genuinely watched this earlier today and cried. <laughs> they hug, clutching at each other as if knowing that as soon as the hug breaks, they'll have to move to the next chapter in their lives, apart. The rest of the family enters and they all say their goodbyes one by one. And there's a fun joke about how Carlton needs the bathroom and he runs upstairs. Clues. Also, that happens. They leave and <laughs> exactly. Uncle Phil says goodbye last. He turns around, tears in his eyes and voice breaking slightly says, Sunday to Will. Sunday, says Phil. Says Will. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined the magic of the moment. Uncle Phil leaves. <laughs> Will is alone in the house, a house he spent so much time in where he's grown from boy to man. 
He hesitates as he goes to turn out the lights, but musters the strength to do it one last time. Hey, who turned out the lights? Screams Carlton from upstairs, (laughs) and he runs down with his trousers round his ankles. And you assume that this is where the turd will happen, but he does up his trousers and runs outside. Will returns to the room and says, I'm definitely going to miss you, C. Pats the wall affectionately and leaves for the final time. The house is silent and empty. DJ Jazzy Jeff enters the room (laughs) and looks around as if wondering where everyone's gone. He walks to an empty bookshelf and waits for a moment, as if contemplating his next move. Suddenly, his back turned to camera, DJ Jazzy Jeff lets out an ungodly, inhuman hiss and scuttles up the bookcase like a lizard, rips his tracksuit trousers off in a single smooth motion, and with the smooth dexterity of a Renaissance master, lays a single unbroken line of turd across the bookcase lintel, as if it were an earthy decorative element. He looks directly at the camera. His eyes are now completely black. There is no laughter or shocked noises from the studio audience, just silence. The camera zooms slowly into those eyes, and no closing music plays. Executive producer Will Smith appears on screen. (laughs) It's quite moving. Yeah. But the thing I like about it is, the original Will Smith Fresh Prince ending is very sad and maudlin. And this is scary. You use Mm. the turd for horror effect, cliffhanger stuff. The eerie, sketchy movement of a lizard-like Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Mm. With the cold black eyes of a dead shark. With with no Uncle Phil to throw him out of the house anymore. He's there. He lives there. He's going to shit on everything. Claims it. (laughs) All right. Finale two. This one's iconic. The Sopranos. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to guess who does the shit in this one. No, I've I, got I, someone in mind. I've got someone in mind for this. My idea is I it's just loads out. of people talking in blackness and just loads of recriminations where you see nothing. <laughs> I should have point. I should point out before I start. I've never watched The Sopranos. <laughs> I just know that it goes to black. <clears throat> this is what I reckon happens in the finale. Tony Soprano is eating a chicken parmesan in the deli with his trusted confidant and consigliere, Frankie Boyle. (laughs) Tony Soprano is angry because rival mob boss Billy Bedsheets has stolen a consignment of high-grade Italian meats. Frankie, we gotta get those meats back, says Tony Soprano. But boss, says Frankie Boyle, those meats are gone. So that's a good Frankie impression for not having ever seen the show. Frankie! <laughs> then get them back, Frankie. We need to sell those meats to the Albanian mob to get the Egyptian mob off our back because they're afraid of the Taiwanese mob who have been taking territory from the Maltese mob after the Hungarian mob got into that shootout with the French mob and lost because the Brazilian mob took the French side after the French mob helped them out last year against the Congolese mob. (laughs) Tony Soprano has clearly been giving his undivided attention to explaining all the different mobs to Frankie Boyle, because in the background, we see members of the Albanian, Egyptian, Taiwanese, Maltese, Hungarian, French, Brazilian, and Congolese mobs lowering on ropes from above Tony, arranged tightly over his plate of chicken parmesan, and he hasn't (laughs) noticed at all. Each one has a hole cut in their trousers, and they're clenching their faces. (laughs) 
the viewer instinctively knows that they probably want to shit on his plate. Frankie Boyle is paralysed by indecision, clearly wanting to tell Tony that there are a number of mob representatives that may be about to drop a clunking hog onto his dinner, but also not wanting to interrupt his boss. What's the matter, Frankie? says Tony. Frankie silently points upwards, trembling. Tony looks up. We see a close-up of his upturned face, and he begins to speak. Oh my god, this particular mob representative is about to shit on my food, he says. (laughs) But the screen cuts to black before we see which nationality of turd hits the dish. I really liked how um, you described that how the the viewer... uh, interprets the scene through the uh through the the angles and the shots that mm. it's going to that a shit is going to happen i'm assuming that's the kind of thing that see call no it's not david simon he's david free. chase <laughs> david chase yeah that's the genius of david chase is he um without any words you don't like and a lesser show would have a voiceover saying at that moment it's obvious someone's gonna shit in <laughs> whereas what you what you really need to do is have the script tell you what the lister is going to be interpreting. <laughs> and of course, the finale that we all know, the last episode of Parkinson. December 2007. Parkinson is retiring from Parkinson. There will never be another Parkinson because Parkinson won't be on it. So the show wouldn't even have a name and guests would end up turning up to an empty stage with two chairs and getting confused and the audience would boo them. No, better to stop Parkinson altogether and let Parkinson go and do things which aren't Parkinson. But will become Parkinson the second he turns up. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-star, all-male, all-white, all-consuming, all dairy lineup: David Attenborough, Michael Caine, Billy Connolly, Peter Kay, David Beckham. The creme de la creme of Parkinsonian gabbers for the mid-noughties. Parkinson has them arranged around him in a horseshoe formation, allowing eye contact to be made by all parties, ensuring easy camaraderie. It's been a great show. Attenborough talked about a kind of horse stew he likes to make at Christmas. Connolly made a joke about how he wished he had big wings, and Kay said that Beckham was ugly. But then we reach the high point. The competition. Alright lads, let's all do farts, and whoever does the loudest wins my suit. The suit that I have worn for every Parkinson for the last 150 years. Michael Caine, sensing victory, farts almost immediately, but it's a tiddler. He looks distraught. <laughs> there follows a period of tense silence, and everyone else on stage is sort of shifting their weight, as if they're hoping to put extra pressure on their gas tummy. <laughs> All at once, Connolly, Attenborough, and Kay fart in a tritone harmony. It sounds like if the Beach Boys' mouths were assholes. It's beautiful, but none of them have excelled and Beckham gets a look in his eye. It's the competitive gleam of the sportsman, knowing that he can do outdo others. He's won the Premier League, the Champions League, PFA Young Player of the Year 96-97, an OPE, and a Gold Blue Peter badge, and now he was going to win Parkinson's suit. The studio holds its breath for multiple reasons. Beckham stands elegantly. <laughs> he clears his throat and says, Presenting his lordship, my fart and grits his teeth. (laughs) At that very moment, Parkinson 
bellows with effort, masking Beckham's resulting trump and lets out a noise like an antique elephant gun from his underback. Unexpectedly, a turd the size, shape and density of a piece of gold bullion bursts from the gusset of the fabled suit, ricochets off a lighting rig and flies into the skull of a dentist in the crowd, killing him instantly. Beckham is in tears, but Parkinson stands up, blood dripping from his undercarriage, takes a bow and says, I win, before the credits roll. And then uh, this place... My name is Parkinson, and welcome to my show. I'm going to ask you stuff about your down pillows. The questions have been grouped into several parts. I will say most of them pertain mostly to farts. Before we get to that, I'd like to ask other stuff. Like, do you have a wife? Then I'll return to guffs. You see, I only care about what's in your ass, And to pretend I don't would render my show farce. So we had the curtains up, so sit down if you please. I'm going to probe you now about your fat ring piece. Where did you last break wind, if I may make so bold? And did it come out hot, or is your arse all cold? And did you like the smell, or was it awfully bad? Did it frighten your dog, and make your budgie sad? Have you lost several pets, did they all run away? Because your farts upset, your big menagerie. Can you just force one out, into my microphone? For my nice audience, and all the folk at home. Just do a tiny toot, it will be loads of fun. She's bending over now, get ready everyone! Can someone get a mop? This has gone terribly wrong When will the shitting stop? It's like an endless hose Of rancid chocolate milk It's thick as bitumen And yet as smooth as silk What the hell did you have For dinner yesterday? A powdered protein drink A chocolate flavoured whey Well that explains perhaps The thick consistency But I would expect more Of our nobility And yet despite the mess And all the stomach wrench The fact you loosened up When you should have clenched And know you've left us all With such a rotten stench You've been a lovely guest Dave Fucking Judy Dench. Now, as you all know, Winnie the Pooh, 95 years old this year, which means that everyone's favourite hairy little beehive botherer is now fair literary game for every pervert and beast. <laughs> I was... I don't know about you, but I was never really a fan of Winnie the Pooh. I thought his general state of lazy contentment was emblematic of the privilege of the apex predator but now any one of us can write a story where he gets stuck in a bear trap and dies over the course of six days (laughs) delivering increasingly detached monologues while the wound goes septic and 
at one point, blood loss has him drifting him in and out of a dream state where he ends up fighting the maggots to eat from his own leg stump. Just leveling the playing field a bit in, in 100 Acre Wood, I feel. <laughs> He's one of these uh, perverts who wears a T-shirt and no, no trousers. No trousers. That's the yeah. interesting thing, though, that yeah, I believe. Can't, just, that's just he can't shit himself. You can't I, shit yourself if you only wear a T-shirt. I believe the T-shirt version remains copyright Disney, and the naked Pooh Bear is what you're allowed to do. So don't put a T-shirt on him in any of your fabulous maggot writings that you're going to do. <laughs> just put some uh, assless fucking chaps. Bob Iger's going to come after you immediately. But if he's nude and covered in maggots, it's fine. Eating from his own fucking wound. Yeah, nice. I read a tweet but, about it. <laughs> that's, that's actually very interesting. Mm. How I learn things too. But yeah, but that's just Winnie though. It's not. It's not just Winnie that belongs to us now. I mean, I personally found Christopher Robin to be an impossibly bland child. Mm. That's no problem now. Give him a jazzy bouffant and a modern new catchphrase. <laughs> a drug addiction. <laughs> like, my one catchphrase that I would like to hear him say was, give me that fizzy. And also, I'd not, I want him to be hung now. And also to be 32 years old. <laughs> so, so, so it's okay for him to be hung. And, not um, yeah, so not he's hanged. 32 years old. Not, not what? Not hanged. Hung. No, not hanged. Well, yeah. I'm not a pervert. I just, want, I just wanted to see a 32-year-old man who's very well hung, shouting, give me that fizzy. <laughs> At his dying bear friend. <laughs> That's a, give, me, give me that fizzy stump juice, you little <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> and take hell. that T-shirt off before you get us sued, Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> you little prick. I can dress you however I want, except in that red T-shirt. <laughs> Put on these yellow checkered trousers like the other bear that I do want to fuck. <laughs> this Winnie the Pooh fanfic has everything. <laughs> do you think so? It hasn't got Piglet yet. And if you think Piglet was too small, I do too. He's massive now. In fact, he, he's that pig that shit on its own balls. And he walks backwards. So all you see is a big shit on some balls walking towards you. <laughs> Kangaroo and Roo, they're out. No one ever knew what their deal was. Fucking weird. Kangaroo and Roo, don't be long. And Eeyore, he's doing now what he always wanted to. He's got a stand-up show called Cancelled, and the posters of him with tape over his mouth and his eyes wide open as though he can't understand why people can't just say what they mean anymore. As you can imagine, um, in the weeks after Pooh going... So I just described a 10-year-old boy being hung and 32 years old, <laughs> which I think is certainly proof that you can say anything you fucking like. Not, not if he gets not us cancelled or indeed sued by the Disney company. <laughs> he's, not t- he's a 32-year-old 10-year-old. Not even 10 years old. It's, it never happened. I've, retro- I've retconned it, so nothing's wrong with what I just said. Fuck you. <laughs> I can't believe we had a discussion about what was no longer all right to have written in a section of the podcast that won't be included. (laughs) We were referring to an episode from the 40s of Regular Features. (laughs) And now you're talking about this, like, oh, well, this is fine in the year 2022. We'll get away with this. 
well, ten yeah, more know, years of this. I know, we'll... I know I'm the villain here, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, before let's just establish what has what is settled canon in the Pooh verse hmm. over the last. Before we go on to try and write some new stuff, let's just sort of sell. This is what has been established. Now, Winnie the Pooh fact sheet. Winnie the Pooh sleeps face down in a hammock now, which means that when he wakes up, he's got a grid imprinted onto his face. And Piglet likes to play noughts and crosses on that grid, using the poo resting on his balls as a kind of sharpie permanent marker. Piglet is crosses, and Pooh's eyeballs are the noughts. Which means he technically can't win a game with only two eyeballs, but on the upside, that does mean that Piglet can't slide his bollock turd into Pooh's eyes because that would be an illegal move. It really is swings and roundabouts. How's, how's self isolation going for you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm having lots of thoughts. <laughs> I'm really worried about that stuffed toy bear you have behind you in the corner. <laughs> Another thing, Winnie the Pooh now has a new gift. He's an ant shouter, which is like horse whispering, but you have to shout because ants have got much smaller ears than horses. <laughs> so if you go down to the woods today and hear someone bellowing, where are your ants going? Can I come? That's, That's not what horse whispering is. <laughs> Asking to join the horses in whatever they're doing. <laughs> They're asking. They never tell you. There's a whispering. <laughs> they just lean, it, yeah. in, lean in there and whisper. Like unless you dress up as a horse, you. you'll never find out what a horse whisperer wants. You stood in a corner of a paddock, kicking your heels because you're being left out of the whispering. <laughs> just whinnying angrily. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh thinks Ariana Grande is Latin for big nipples. Is that, is that it? That's, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I went for a short one after two fucking too long ones. And also, you know, short, long, long, short, long. This one's far too long, so I thought a short one might be a bit, bit, bit of a breathing space for you. Winnie the Pooh invented the Poohgram, which is a form of constrained, horny writing where every word in the story has to be exactly the same length. Pooh doesn't have a penis and cannot ejaculate. What the fuck have I written? <laughs> it's not a poo-gram, that's for sure. <laughs> also, it just sounds like you've been playing loads of Wordle and yeah. gone, oh, I better work out something to do with Wordle. Yeah, so let's just <laughs> let's just say yes, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Because here is a five-letter poo-gram that I thought of after playing Wordle. <laughs> Thick spunk ropes cover bored housewives' faces until daddy farts solid brown. <laughs> All three of us have got farts in our features. <laughs> Oi, Steve, yours is not a feature. I'm not having that. You've just done a fart. That's you. And this isn't me having a go at you. This isn't envy. It's just we can't get to the point where we're calling one fart a feature. Like That's not... We would destroy this podcast. We'd have four seconds episodes from every week after now. I'm sorry you don't agree with my creative process. <laughs> my feature is just as valid as that thing you did. 
Well, look, I think your feature had more ramifications for the tech world, but mine <laughs> was longer, and that's all that matters, really. All right, I'll do a longer fart next Thank time. you. You do a longer fart, and I'll do a shorter word. Four <laughs> letters. <laughs> shit when your boss says shit, Mary, then don't wipe your ass. Then we'll port your rude word game into Java. <laughs> <laughs> I lost uh, three-letter porn. The big bum you did was hot but dry. Can you get the Can you get the ass wet for Ben? Two-letter porn. Do it up me. Ow! No, go on. It is okay. Oi, oi, oi! That's actually really good. <laughs> These are very, very clever. Lock. <laughs> One letter I, I, really well. Oh, here we go. Oh, I see a pee pee. <laughs> Day. Um, and that's it. The final final Winnie the Pooh fact, which is established canon now and must be established and acknowledged by the estate of A.A. A. Milne. A.A. A. Milne's full name is Yabba Dabba Milne. Um, mm. Anyway, I... Th- fucking hell. Logs had a fucking breakdown. <laughs> well, I didn't... <laughs> It didn't feel like a breakdown when I was writing it, but <laughs> it would have looked like it. But imagine, can you imagine Log like looking over Log's shoulder as he's like, I know that, that, that furrowed expression he has when he's really concentrating but hard. Particularly, on imagine watching a grown man type the one word Wordle Poograms. Like imagine watching someone go P space but you can tell, pee and the, giggling the space to bar makes a different sound you can always tell when someone's pressing the space bar so if i was sitting next to someone pressing a letter then a space bar i'd like it'd be okay for five times but eventually you'd just look around and what the fuck are they doing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so anyway i've that- written two winnie the pooh short stories <laughs> And these are not good, and I want you to enjoy them. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh looked at a bee, a wicked smile crossing his face as he licked his lips. Wadua, honey! He bellowed at the bee, banging his stomach into a tree as though to say, Oh no, do do a honey! The bee crossed its legs in every possible combination as if to say, Oh, I do a honey! And the bee flew up into the maximum legal height of 2.22 metres in feet and then started pushing honey out. Said the bee as mucus and pollen began to sweat and coagulate on its stinger. Honey! Screamed Pooh, sniffing her so hard that his nostrils swapped over. Continued the bee, straining so hard that his five bee eyes were all pointing in different directions. <laughs> honey, do me a honey! Raged Pooh, pulling the sides of his mouth wide open to increase the chances of any nearby honey accidentally going in. Said the bee, desperate to strain out a drop of honey, knowing full well that if he failed, a passionless Winnie the Pooh would burn down every hive in Hundred Acre Wood as a warning. In fact, he strained so hard that his stinger popped out, and it hit Winnie right in the middle of an X on his forehead that had been written there that morning in pig shit. <laughs> Winnie died immediately, and everyone laughed. That is, um, to all the voices in my stories, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the remarkable thing about the story. No. <laughs> it's Winnie the Pooh. Did he go into like anaphylactic shock? Surely he's immune to bee stings. Well, it's more that the bee sting went through uh, pig shit to get to his bloodstream. It was a, it was a, a bit of a cocktail mm. that went. Oh, into like his a tetanus stomach. style. Yeah. Bee sting. One of those tetanus bee stings. I mean, that's that's what came out in the autopsy, but obviously that's the next chapter. I haven't got that far into the story yet. <laughs> All right, we'll do the Parkinson <laughs> song two. and that. <laughs> Cold open in the mortuary. As they, they pull the sheet back from his bloated face. <laughs> Cold open in the mortuary is a great novel title. That's amazing. <laughs> I did do another story that was uh, another constrained writing where ten, ten word sentences. Oh my God, Locke. Where every sentence has to have one more rude word in it than the previous sentence. Why have you done this to yourself? I mean, I'm I impressed and I can't wait, but what's been going on? I, ki- I kind of give up at eight. So I thought we, at eight we could just go around and just take it in turns to say rude words. So every sentence has ten words, and every sentence has one more rude word than the previous sentence. Mm. Yes. Go. Uh, zero. Winnie looked at the sky. It was a beautiful day. One. Suddenly he felt an urgent feeling coming from his nipple. Two. I know, thought Winnie. I'll tweak my lovely hairy tits. <laughs> Three. Eeyore walked in. Want me to hump your chunky thighs? Four. Who hoisted his tubby mangunt, giggling in shy delight? Five. He lunged for pungent bear milk, pectoral hair gagging him. Six. Who laughed his fat milkers producing thick, creamy beige worms? Seven. <laughs> Oof! Hell. Eeyore ejaculated morbid yet relentless thick, glistening jizz-risbons. All the words, all the fucking letters have gone. I missed out eight and nine, but ten is poo fart, fanny bum tits, gay piss, knickers, cum jizz. <laughs> Can you just do, sorry do three again? Um, evocative counts as naughty. So I three was Eeyore walked in. Want me to hump your chunky thighs? So like bodily parts, chunky, chunky. thighs. Chunky. Yeah, you couldn't say chunky in a church. You're absolutely right, actually. You couldn't walk up and just go, that station of the cross. That- <laughs> Jesus looks really chunky that, about that, one. That Messiah has got thick <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was amazing. You should um, be confined indoors more often before episodes, because yeah. you come up with absolute mania. I, d- I don't know. I think I'm most just... most writers really need inspiration from around them. You gain inspiration from being completely alone and being forced <laughs> into your own brain. Being exposed to external stimuli robs you of inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> it dilutes me. I just need to I need to be fucking locked in the in the pit or whatever they called that the cube. What what was it? The ice box. What is it? That thing they lock you in. Or in the, what? the uh, solitary confinement yes. in prison. <laughs> yeah. 
give me that for three years and I will write you the great American novel. <laughs> I was made for regular features. You were made for... Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And mm. if you like it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing per episode. And if you give us two pounds per episode... The price of a P, you get your very own B name. That's right. We will bestow upon you. We'll take your old name, tear it to freaking shreds, and give you a whole brand new one. Boys, mm-hmm. yeah. you ready? Could you please give a B name to the following new patrons? I'm raring to go. Johan. Oh, you was... threw your head back there like you had summer. Yeah, I did, but then I realized it's the... The lowest hanging bee fruit there is. Which but is it, is, it be... just, is it just Johan? We don't have any more information to go on here. Uh, I've got his phone number and his email address. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Let's just read out his phone number, but change all the threes <laughs> to B. <laughs> uh, uh, Johan, where's the latest hive that all the kids are going to these days? How about that? Hive correspondent, Johan. <laughs> I, I like that. Can we go with Logs one? We can absolutely go with Logs one. Well, no, but that's only because it's inspired by what you said. He's the no, guy you go to when you need to know what the bees are up to in what local hives. It's a lot of stuff. I just think, I think no. we got there in the end. Hive correspondent Johan is the way to go. Yeah. That's what that, no, I'm agreeing with myself. I'm just saying that <laughs> I wasn't taking the credit. I was using. No, I, I agree. want you to know that you were a crucial part of that. <laughs> it's going down. I'm chiseling, I'm chiseling it into his tombstone. Mm-hmm. Nice. How do you spell correspondent? C O O R E S P O N D A N T? Correspondent? Correspondent. I think this. E, unt, unt. Correspondent. Yeah, it's, it's on. It's ent. Yeah. Ent. Well, we don't want to get that wrong, do we? Correspondent. I think. Correspondent. Welcome. Correspondent. Welcome to my salon. <laughs> Please give a B name to Ross Kennedy. Kennedy. Can I be a bee? Cause I got honey on me. Cause I got honey. Can I be a bee? I got honey on my knees. <laughs> okay. Can can I can I be? Can I be a bee? Cause I, I got, got honey on my on knees. knees. Do honey. not make me sneeze. Cause I'll um. shit out. Cause I'll shit out what? <laughs> my stinger. <laughs> yeah, add that bit. <laughs> that bit's too long. Oh. Well, hang on. Can I, can I be a bee because I got honey on my knees? What's the other bit? Do not make me sneeze because I'll shit up my stinger. <laughs> Do not make me sneeze because I will shit out my stinger. That's twice. That. That's twice a bee has shit out their stinger on today's episode. And. Um... <laughs> I hope to increase that number in future shows. It's not the longest bee name we've had. Mm. It's the it's the second longest bee name we've had so far. Is it? 
Wow. Congratulations, Ross Kennedy. Please give a B name to Rachel Crawford. Craw Daddy B Hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, what? No, what? What was that noise you made? <laughs> it's my reaction yeah. to Craw Daddy B Hole. You can't expect people to have a normal reaction to Craw Daddy B Hole. No, I was thinking of the, one of the B holes that the solo bees goes into. Solo bees? Yeah, well, no, this, this is fine. I'm just context for Craw Daddy B Hole. It's. The bee hole, if you buy a little bee brick, which you can get bee bricks. Mm-hmm. For I bought a bee brick bees. for my brother. Did you? I bought a bee brick from my brother. <laughs> go on, do go on, tell me more, but keep the meter. I bought a bee brick for my brother. And then I, I wouldn't bought buy one for, one for any other. <laughs> my mother didn't find a bee, but Nor my brother did, did and sent it to me. Oh, it's a lovely, what a lovely story. Yeah. That's your B name. <laughs> Please give a B name to Stephen Horn. Born of B. Born of B. Born with an E of born of B. Yeah. Born of B. Born of B. Sounds like a, like a Dark Souls sequel. Born yeah, you were born of B and your mother was me. <laughs> born of B and your mother is me. That's got to be it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... Ask you for one last B name, please. Four. Let's have a quick look. At the Quintuple B name. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Please give a B name to Alan O'Brien. Don't pour brine down the solo B hole. <laughs> salty B hole. <laughs> salty B hole. Don't, Don't pour brine down the salty B hole. <laughs> down the salty B hole. Nat King Cole's Salty Bee Hole. <laughs> That's your name, mate. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> save it. Save it. No, I'm not to save that. The second I've stopped saying that, it's gone from my head. You'll never hear that again. <laughs> Brilliant. If you Locked like your down, own B-name. Sorry, I was just going to say Lockdown Log really frightens me. He's much more aggressive about B-names than normal Log. <laughs> I've got so much snot in me that I didn't know I had. If you'd like your own bee name, you know what to do. You also get access to the Beehive, the uh, the reader-exclusive patron where we, we hang out and share stories and pictures of our, of our cheeks <laughs> and ears. Can I just uh, shout out something I enjoyed today, which is Connor Lynham, who just wrote, okay, so we need Zim and Joe to investigate this. And it's an independent headline that reads... Jesse Plemons says Benedict Cumberbatch pissed him off over big boy comment. <laughs> it's literally... It, it's perfect. Regular features lived on the event horizon of a celebrity big hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, big hole. <laughs> That's the scientific name for a black hole. <laughs> the big hole. <laughs> In the sky. Yeah, it's amazing. So thank you, Connor. That was an incredible story. So good. And I'm never going to click it. I don't want to know it. any more about it. Yeah, same. I don't want. I don't want a single fact. Yeah. Beyond that, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Goodbye. Love you. Regular Features. <laughs>